Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. advice from old pro turkey hunters like this the turkeys typically don't like i think more times than not to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning especially after he gets up it's a blinding thing it, it it's just like you it's hard for you to see into the sun mm-hmm. so if i have a choice i'm going to try to make it so that i'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 447, a mountain pine forest turkey hunt. And I am your co-host, and the guy who is back in business, baby. And I'm your co-host, and I'm the guy who's been calling up some more coons. All right. Well, I haven't seen any more pictures from you, so you've been hiding yeah, it from me. forgot to send it to you. We had a hammer of a morning. Monday morning, we went out and killed seven. Nice. In less than an hour, and I killed two Sunday morning before church. So it was a productive couple days on and this coon is- patrol. This is happening on the same properties that you've been trapping? So I killed the two on the property I've been trapping heavily, which is about right. They're a lot less there, I say. The seven, we went to my brother's property that they purchased, and they had trapped it lightly before coon hunting down there. They had taken off, let's see, about 11 raccoons through trapping. They only trapped Mm -hmm. it for a week. 
the not heavily trapped. So the he- the not heavily trapped property we went to, we've hunted it twice with the coon call, and we've killed six and seven in an hour both times. So two hours of hunting, and we've killed 13 raccoons. That's the piece of property you and I hunted in the fall? Yes, for ducks. That place is, has got to be loaded with raccoons. It is oh, yeah. raccoon habitat to exactly. the degree. And the place, you never went there, but down the exact same river bottom is the property that I have heavily trapped. And mm-hmm. in an hour of hunting, I did kill two. But there's a noticeable difference in the amount of raccoons coming to the call on the not heavily trapped versus trapped. So, Because the, the property down the river is up, I've killed 77 raccoons off of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, a couple. Yeah, and their property were up to 22. So we've. We hit them pretty good. They, they have a lot of possums on there, too. 23 possums off it. They were catching a lot of possums. We were trapping it. But anyway, we're wearing them out. And I told a listener I'd do this. So I'm going to give y'all my combination for raccoon calling. All right? And I'm going to... Okay. Here's how I do it. I have a Fox Pro Patriot. It's the cheapest model Fox Pro. Mm-hmm. Ultra cheap. All right, I did add, I bought a Fox Pro SP, I can't remember if it's the SP60 or SP70, but I bought a speaker, it's called the SP whatever, and I bought a, a, it's an external speaker that hooks into the Patriot, so I have a little extra volume with that. Okay, you don't have to have that, but I do think my kill rate has gone up, because I think I'm basically increasing my radius 50 to 100 yards of where, where the coons will come in. Mm-hmm. Okay, Fox Pro Patriot, SP70 speaker added. And then for sounds, you go to gofoxpro.com. That's their website. And if you go to sounds, you can download the sounds to your device. Once you have the Patriot, you'll have a little remote. And they have on here, they'll, they'll show you how to do it. It's not hard. Just Google it or look it up on YouTube or find the instructions. You want to download. When you go, you got to purchase these sounds. So if you go to Fox Pro Sounds, go to Raccoon, and you're going to get Young Raccoon Distress. Sound ID is N04. Mm-hmm. Young Raccoon Distress. And then you want to go up back to Sounds and go to buy, let me see, purchase MFK Sounds. Made for Killing is that company. And you want to go to their Coon Sounds and get... MFK 259, which is MFK Young Coon Distress. They sound very different, actually. Hmm. But those are the two, all right? So what I do, we go, this property that we're, tra- that we're doing it on right now is a huge bottomland river hardwood forest. So they can be anywhere down there. Basically what we do, walk through the woods, find a really nice open understory where you don't have a bunch of grass or anything growing, you can see well. Something that looks like, hey, a coon can easily run through this. You know, very well-shaded area. Mm-hmm. We sit the call out 10 yards in front of us. I walk back. We stand beside a tree, and I turn on MFK Young Coon Distress. Let it play. If you have not killed a coon within a minute and a half, I swap it to the Young Raccoon Distress, the, the Fox Pro sound. And if you had not killed one in a minute and a half, two minutes of that, go pick up the call walk 250 yards and do it again. And there mm-hmm. you go. That is it. That's all you got to do. It's very simple, but I've had a ton of people when I post videos of me doing this, asking how it's done. So there it is laid out 
step by step. I use a 12 gauge shotgun with whatever the heck shells I can find because you're shooting them at less than 10 yards mostly. They are going to be running full speed like a small grizzly bear. <laughs> so he, I have missed a few. Usually get them on the second or third shot. I haven't had any get away that I actually shot at yet. But they can be balling in pretty hard. So I, I prefer a shotgun. I mean, you go to the rifle if you want, but I'm there to kill. I'm not there to let any. I, I don't want any survivors. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's the full explanation. If you need to hear that again, rewind this podcast, listen to that. And that is how I'm doing it. We have hunted, or I've gone out four times this year with the coon call and hunted about an hour per time. All of these are in the morning. Last year I hunted all in the evening and killed plenty. This year it just has been working out to do morning hunts. And so I go about 6 a.m. I set up the call, do it for about an hour. So making six to eight different stands, I would say. And first hunt I killed four. Second hunt we killed six. Third hunt I killed two. And fourth hunt we killed seven. So... Mm. The 19 raccoons in four hunts. I mean, that, that's pretty efficient, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they're almost all going to be sows is a, is a big thing here. So you're really getting the bang for your buck with that. Yeah. Because those are, those are the reproductive ones. <laughs> rid of the baby makers. <laughs> yeah, so you get rid of them. And, I mean, that, that's just a big big win, in my opinion, on, on coon killing. So there you go. Full... Yeah how to do it. You don't have to be overly quiet. I mean, don't go slamming car doors or anything. Just, you know, be in the woods like you normally are where you don't want things knowing you're in the woods. You know, I, I usually just wear long pants and a t-shirt. You don't have to be fully camoed or anything like that. I do stand on the shady side of a tree just so I blend in a little better. And you are still paying attention to the wind, aren't you? Yes, yeah, so I have noticed the wind can be a big deal. I don't pay attention to it probably as much as a deer hunter or a coyote hunter might, but you don't have many raccoons come in from behind you, probably due to that scent trail you're leaving. Mm -hmm. So that's why I kind of advance forward, forward, forward. And then, yeah, if you can play it to where the wind is in your face, I think that's a great idea. But these coons aren't going to come a half mile to you. It's not a... Merriam's right. turkey, which you might hear today, that'll cover some ground looking for a hen. They're basically sitting in den trees, and if you happen to sit that call within 200 yards of that den tree, she's coming. You just get ready. And when you turn that call on, you better be freaking ready, because I've had them, I've killed several, I would say, within 15 seconds of hitting the first note. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they come barreling out of the tree and are... <laughs> They are coming. So <laughs> anyway, there you go. That's that cool. I told, uh, I can't remember his name, but I told someone I would give that spiel on this week's podcast. So anybody that wants to get into raccoon calling in the summertime, right now is the time to do it in Tennessee and anywhere north of here. I'd say it should be perfect timing. Anything south of here, probably getting a little late. Those sounds are working really well for the coons at this time of year because of the breeding cycle and reproductive cycle they're on. So once those young coons are big enough to go out on their own, I don't know if those sounds will work quite as well. But right now it's hammer time in Tennessee. There you go. So long, cool. uh, long guy who for you, but what do you, 
What was your guy who? What's the explanation? <laughs> I'm the guy who is back in business, baby. Chipmunk factory back open? The swim school is back open. Uh-huh. I thought you had them killed down, but well, sorry, Joker's always moving back in, huh? They are, you know, and, and we're talking about different critters, but I got to think they're the exact same mm-hmm. in that. I'm trapping animals on one acre, chipmunks on one acre. Yeah. In fact, I have one trap out, and the first week of trapping, I caught nine. For the next week, I caught zero. The next week, I caught four, and now we're going into what would be week number four. So did Mm -hmm. I get all of them out in the first week? You know, I think it'd be silly to think that, Nine of them on an acre is all of them, but I put a pretty big dent in them, I'm sure. And then we had some more move in is what I'm expecting happened. And I've been making a dent in those and we'll continue to trap. And so, you know, to me, I think it's no different than what we need to be doing on our turkey hunting properties. It's not a one and done venture you've got to stay after it and it's you'll never finish it's not a goal you will ever complete oh to trap all the nest predators off your property i will never trap all of the chipmunks off of my property because yes they will move back in but if you like to have fun (laughs) and trapping is fun if you like to have fun then why would you stop why would yeah. you ever want to complete the goal of getting rid of all your nest predators? You wouldn't. You want to continue to trap. So, you know, I'm perfectly happy with going out twice a day and checking my chipmunk trap. And in fact, right now, if I look the right way out of the window, I can see that it's still not been tripped. So, you know, it's with the chipmunks for me, it's man, they're destructive. I mean, just absolutely tear the yard up. And uh-huh. they burrow up underneath, I mean, right against the foundation of the house, right against the foundation of my retaining walls. And, you know, they're just destructive little, you know, what's. So I want them gone and I will stay after them. But <laughs> Good anyway, deal, yeah, you're yeah. right. It's a it's a annual monthly type deal. So mm-hmm. I kind of go through different phases right now is my coon calling phase and then once the fall gets here and it's a little cooler it's just so hot right now get out and get the traps running run them for about a month maybe take a little time off get the coon hound out a bit run them again and then hit them really hard in february you know yeah so it's i just it's it's a reason to get outside you know and hopefully help some turkeys in the process so yeah Give me that deal anytime. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, I can't really say we helped turkeys other than buying some non-resident licenses, but <laughs> we had some pretty productive turkey hunts on oh, yeah. a trip we took and went to Merriam's country and hit some mountainous country, some high elevation country, hunted some pine forest, beautiful beautiful part of the world and that's where we have a hunt coming to you today and it's one that Cameron and I were able to enjoy together so we actually got the opportunity to hunt together a couple of times this 
past season and always enjoy hunting with him. Yeah, it's, this was an awesome trip. And this was leg two of that trip. It was. It was. And so we were hunting a neighboring state and had gotten to a point of frustration <laughs> with that state. And Cameron said, you know what? We're taking the afternoon off. Yes. And I said, no, we're hunting. And I know Cameron well enough now to know he's not going to quit if we haven't killed birds. So, you know, I'm sitting here wondering what in the world he's talking about. He said, no, we're we're going to go across the state line and yep. we're just going to go check out some areas in this other state. But first, we need to go get a license there. And so I said, you know what? It'll be a good break. It, just a, a, you know, maybe a little different experience. Plus, worst case, we're scouting. Best case, we're killing. Yep. So let's do it. So we loaded up, drove, what, 45 minutes to the nearest town and bought licenses? Yeah, something like that. A cool little, you know, local store. I thought that was, uh, I love yeah. hitting those little local hunting and outdoor stores. For oh, licenses. yeah. Yeah. And so while we're there, Cameron says to the, ask the guy at the counter who's getting the licenses for us, who said, uh, so are there any turkeys around here? And the guy looks at Cameron and he said, yeah, we have a lot of turkeys around here. I'm thinking, here we go. <laughs> Same hey, answer, every state I've ever yeah, been to. Everybody you talk to in a small town and every state you go to says, yeah, man, we have turkeys everywhere. Oh, yeah. I see them in this same field. I see the same three hens in this same field every <laughs> single morning. And that's the only turkeys in the entire county. So accurate. But this dude said... He he happened to give us a little more detail. He said, well, you know, Cameron asked the next question. Well, you know, if you were here for just two or three days to hunt, where would you hunt? And the guy was extremely helpful. And yeah, absolutely. Gave us, I mean, even some roads to drive down and check out all on public ground. And we got in the vehicle and made our way to a couple of those recommendations that the guy made for us. And I don't know, they... I'm sure they had turkeys on them, but did it feel right to you, Cameron? No. It, one, we went down, I had a lot of recreational people romping yeah. around everywhere. And then we did go across the street from the second one we stopped at and found a little turkey sign and yeah. saw a ton of elk and stuff, but not a whole lot of fresh turkey sign and didn't have any interactions with turkeys. And then, yeah, I mean, we just kind of were checking off off places you know a lot of times it's more of a process of elimination than it is finding that one spot (laughs) yes yes indeed one thing i'll say about cameron well there's several things that make cameron a good turkey hunter like he is but one of the things i'll say is that joker can almost pinpoint the tree a turkey will be roosted in on his map from his bedroom in tennessee it's one of my stronger suits i will admit (laughs) yes and you had been scouting while yep. I was driving, and you said, hey, there's this piece of ground not far from the state line, that I w- and it's on the way back to the state that we're going to be staying in tonight and hunting in tomorrow morning, and let's just stop by there and just check it out. Yeah, sure. and we had seen... The only two turkeys we had seen True. from the vehicle were on private land, not far from this block of public, which is Very a good true. sign. There is a yep. there is a lack of turkeys in that area. Yes. And in fact, that public ground cornered 
up against that. Yeah, barely hit it, touched it. Yeah. So, you know, why not? It's on the way. So it's not like we have to go an hour out of the way. And mm-hmm. we're going past it anyway. Let's stop and just see. We drive up the road, up the mountain, and all of a sudden there's campsites on the left-hand side of the road, campsites on the right side of the road. And we get up, I don't know, we weren't even close to the top of the mountain, maybe halfway. No. Yeah, I mean, we just went straight up, but we weren't far in. Yeah. yeah. And there's a guy that set up camp on the left-hand side of the road. And I told Cameron, I said, well, you know, well, let's just pull in here, talk to this guy. And he said, let's do it. <laughs> so we pull in, get out. How do you do? Oh, I'm doing well. You know, Cameron and I both have beards and he's dude says, huh, I look like you guys about 10 minutes ago. I just got through shaving my beard. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's out in the woods. And so we kind of joked and and chit chat a little bit. Pet his dog and complimented yeah. the, the good looking dog. And... Yeah, it was a good looking dog. Yeah. So Cameron says, hey, we're out scouting for some turkeys. Have you seen or heard any turkeys around here? And the guy says, well, actually, yeah, I have. <laughs> Big smile on Cameron and Andy's face. Yes. <laughs> And preparing and, for him to say, yeah, in that private pasture over there. <laughs> exactly. And so the dude says, I heard two goblin down here this morning. And so Cameron says, down here, like right here? And he said, yeah, I woke up this morning and <laughs> they were down there just making all kind of racket right off right off this hill. Yeah, right over the rim right here. Yeah, so the flat spot where he's camping, he means like right off where the flat spot drops. Yeah, because I was like, could you hear him like pretty good? He was like, yeah, they were like right here. (laughs) (laughs) And then he said, and so the other day I was driving in and you know where that machine is parked on the side of the road? There were two in full strut right behind a hen right there at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And that's not 300 yards from where he said he heard him gobbling the morning that we got there. Yeah. You know, we're there in the afternoon and he, and he said he heard them that morning. So we know there's turkeys in the area feeling pretty comfortable about it. Yeah. So we said, well, you know, if we don't do anything this afternoon in the first state, maybe we will come back here and hunt here in the morning since we already have licenses. No, no, no. What we said is when we go kill in the first state and come back tonight, <laughs> then we will be hunting here in the morning. That's probably more accurate. That's and that's exactly accurate. what we did. That is more accurate. So I said, you know, Cameron, we're here. Let's drive down to where that piece of equipment is and oh, just yeah. get out. I almost call. forgot about this. So we drive down there. Again, it's 300 yards from the guy's campsite. And Cameron calls and he looks at me and he said, did you hear that? I'm like, uh, did I hear what? He said, did you hear that turkey gobble? I said, no. He said, let me call again. He calls again. Did you hear him that time? No. <laughs> let me call again. Calls again. Did you hear him that time? Nope. I know. I, I mean, I'm, I hear that turkey gobbling. You don't hear him gobbling? No. I always have to have confirmation from my partner to really think I actually heard one. <laughs> so but you were smart. You were like, I mean, you've heard him three times. He's there. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd heard him 
heard a turkey gobble one time and then called two more times and not heard anything, I'd have said, yeah, maybe, you know, it was a dog off in the distance barking or something. But yeah. you heard a turkey gobble three times and asked me three times if I heard it. I still hadn't heard it. And you're not <laughs> convinced you heard a turkey and I'm convinced you have. Yeah. So yeah. You're, when you said that, I was like, you know, you're right. I've heard it three times. It's probably <laughs> probably a turkey. So we drove down the road another 150 yards, got out and called. And sure enough, turkey gobbles. And I actually heard the turkey gobble this time. So we make a plan and we start making our way towards that turkey. And we work around the turkeys on the edge of these woods. And and this is pretty important because it ties in with the next morning's hunt. But there's this little open pasture area, meadow, more or less. And it's got some scrub oak in it it's got some young pines in it but mostly it's just native grasses and it's this hillside and down at the bottom of the hillside or in the bottom i should say is a pond when i tell you it's a pond it's a postage stamp with water in it yeah you literally (laughs) yes you literally could shoot across the pond from corner to corner and kill a turkey on the other side yeah. and then so and so we this turkey we're hearing gobbling is on the high side of the pond and we approach from the dam side of the pond and just get into the woods and i hear <coughs> and i stop i said cameron did you hear that hen and cameron said huh no i didn't hear him <laughs> i only I hear said, gobbles <laughs> I said, did I hear a hen? <laughs> yeah, now, now you're questioning yourself. <laughs> and so not 10, 15 seconds later. And I said, did you hear it that time? And he said, yeah, I heard it that time. Well, the hen is in the woods further up the hill. So from where we approached this turkey, we approached down through the meadow into the bottom and into the woods going up the next hillside. And that hen that we're hearing is further up in the woods. But I'm thinking as we're standing there, there's, it just seems odd to me that there's a hen right there calling Mm -hmm. that has not seen us because these woods were pretty open and it just seemed, it just seemed odd. So the turkey's over there gobbling and I'm like, we've got to get closer to the, the uphill side of this pond than where we are to even stand a chance of getting this this tom to come in cameron agrees so we start working our way and we hear and we stop look at each other we're like how's this hen not seeing us (laughs) and then we hear about that loud we're like heart sank yep dang well we at that point, just backed out and went back to the truck. But we yeah, had, we actually could see the dude up there uh, yeah. right before we walked out. Yeah, but we had all the intel we needed, though. So we left there, went back across the state line. Cameron killed a bird. Amazing <laughs> story. That's a different hunt oh. for a different day on a different show. But it is, I mean, like. I just can't explain to you the joy that we both had when he shot and killed that turkey. So I can promise you that 
I know the two most hype people on planet Earth on that day in May, and it was me and you. There's no doubt. <laughs> There's no doubt. No, there is no one on Earth that was more excited than the two of us on May 8th. Yeah. <laughs> so true. So Cameron kills his bird. We get a bunch of pictures. We look at each other. We're like, well, there's step one of the plan that we put together this afternoon. So step two of the plan is we're going to this other state. We're going to camp out in one of these campsites, get some sleep and go after one of those two or both of those birds that our camper buddy heard Mm -hmm. that morning. So we pull in there dark and Cameron set up his Eno. I slept in the truck, got up, you know, it was nice. We, we actually slept what an, an extra 30 minutes or so because we were hunting yeah. where we were camping. I mean, yeah, literally like, where we were camping. <laughs> it's like, all right, when we wake up, they ought to start gobbling. <laughs> yeah. All we had to do is roll out of wherever we were sleeping. And, you know, we were essentially dressed because it was cold and just get up and go. So the next morning, it gets to be gobbling time. And we, instead of driving in the truck, we walked downhill down the mountain towards where we heard that turkey gobbling near the pond and heard a turkey gobble so we work our way a little bit closer and by the time we got in the vicinity of where the turkey was gobbling the turkey had flown down was actually going towards where we just were and we had circled around so we're doing this round the clock dance with this turkey (laughs) the turkey's going from nine o'clock to two o'clock and we're going from two o'clock down to six o'clock and you know we're just it's like the turkey's following us the second hand on the or maybe the minute hand following the second hand on the clock so we're gonna pick up here because i think after that bird flew down you know he gobbled pretty well on the ground and then stopped and and yeah it was an abrupt stop yeah and my expectation or my theory i should say is that there was probably a female involved in there yes. that probably ran a little interference on that bird for a bit. Yes. And so we're I'm going to play just a little bit of audio from our first setup because that's about the time that that turkey slowed down with his gobbling. And then we'll pick back up after this audio and I'll tell the rest of the story and we'll lead into the audio with the kill. So listen in and we will be back in just a minute. So a little bit of change here with the audio. So I said we were going to come in where we first set up and play some of the audio before the turkey stopped gobbling. But that part of the audio is so bad because I was moving around so much. There's just so much rustling that you really can't hear anything other than me moving around. So by the time I get still, the turkey stopped gobbling and... I'm going to spare you guys from having to listen to all the rustling around. So we're going to pick up actually right at the end of that first setup. So listen in and we'll see you here shortly.
like a hundred yards. over the pond. this point you know the turkeys moved up the mountain we've moved down the mountain and it's become pretty obvious to us that we're in the wrong spot to try to kill this turkey so our concern is that once the turkey starts down the mountain if he steps out into this meadow 
and gets through the scrub oak, we're stuck. Mm-hmm. We yeah, got to get setup wasn't great. No, it was not. But from where that turkey was roosted, it's about the only setup that we had. Yeah, yeah you know, it just it was all we out. had available. Yeah, he just went towards us, and we went towards him, and fortunately, we didn't walk the same trail. <laughs> or, or maybe unfortunately, either way, <laughs> it worked out either way. So <laughs> it worked out in the end. Yeah. So we're in these little patches of scrub oak in the meadow, and it became obvious to us that we needed to get out of that, out of those patches of scrub oak, out of that meadow, and into those woods near the pond because we're thinking, hey, that's where that turkey was the afternoon before strutting and gobbling. Why would he not be back there at yeah. some point in the morning? And water was at a premium in that area, too. So we yes. thought, hey, if the hen's leading him around, she's probably going to be a little thirsty. Yes, indeed. So we made our way down through the meadow into the bottom, got in the edge of the woods, and started walking uphill towards the pond dam. By this point in time, that turkey had pretty well stopped gobbling. And, you know, I'm I'm wondering in my head as, you know, did he come out of that scrub oak and see us? in the edge of the woods because we started walking the edge of the woods and I said to Cameron, Hey, we need to get deeper into these woods in case he pops out into that meadow. We're going to be busted walking along the edge of these woods and we need to get up into the woods to give us a little bit more cover. So we actually worked our way up into the woods and then circled back down towards the pond dam. Mm-hmm. But as you get towards the pond dam, you can see more and more of the meadow. And there is no turkey gobbling. And we're standing, we walk up to two pretty decent sized trees. And there was some cover from a smaller tree between us and the pond. You could still see the pond and shoot Mm -hmm. the pond, but we had some cover between us. And we're standing there and just listening. And Cameron says, is that a turkey drumming? And I listened and I thought, that could very well be a turkey drumming. Well, and this was after... We stood there for like a long time. 15 minutes, maybe? Yeah, if not more. Like, may, may have been more. You had a lot of patience. I was I was almost ready to start moving, but at the same time, it was kind of like, why move? I, he's, he's not too far from here, I would imagine. We're probably where he's headed, and if we just sit here and listen and intently, we'll probably hear something to cue us in where he is. Yeah. But when I heard the drumming at this point, I was seated like an Indian style next to Andy, <laughs> peeling an orange. <laughs> we had been sit- standing there long enough to where Cameron was like, eh, forget this. I'm sitting down. It's snack time, baby. Yeah. If this is his hunt. He's in control. I'll take a nap and yeah. I'll get up whenever he says, let's go. Uh, you know, I'm halfway peeling my orange. And then I hear, I was like, did, did you hear that? <laughs> So, and here we go with the game of like, did yeah. we do this or not? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I heard a turkey drum. And then we didn't hear it for a while. And we're thinking, yeah, a long while again. Okay, so maybe we were imagining that we heard a turkey drum. And I don't know, it'd been maybe 10 minutes since we last heard a drum. And then, ah, yeah, or right actually. There. Actually, it's a Merriams. There you go. It's a Merriams. So we hear turkey gobble, and he's close. Like oh, like right where we 
were set up the first time. He was right up there. Yeah. I mean, to the point to where where you look and think, there's no way I can't see this turkey. That was the mind-blowing part. It was like, okay, I'm looking where the gobble just came from. Where is it? There is no way I cannot see this turkey. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like he's standing on the 50-yard line of a football field. You know, there's some there's some brush and and some terrain there, but you still think you should be able to see that turkey. And so, of course, now we're both there cutting eyes and and looking into the meadow, trying to find this turkey that's gobbled and can't see him. So we call a little bit and not really any kind of response at all. I mean, this turkey is not like just falling all over himself yeah so i don't know maybe five minutes after he gobbles i see him and he's through some brush and he's probably 60 yards from where our first setup was maybe 75 yards from where our first setup was between us and that first setup and so i said cameron i see him between us and where the first setup was and so cameron looks over there and he says oh i see him now i see him and what do you think? You just want to pick up on the audio from here? Yeah, and then we can explain how it went down from there. Let's do it. We'll see you guys in a bit. Okay, that's when we first heard the turkey drum. Now let's fast forward about a minute and 46 seconds. pretty sure you can't hear it in the audio but that is a second turkey that is gobbling probably 600 800 yards away and that is a different story for a different day but let's fast forward 13 minutes and 35 seconds i heard him 
All right, let's fast forward seven minutes and 23 seconds.
always have an affinity for the box call. I always love the box color. I do love it. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. spring i know it i know <laughs> so somehow some way cameron realized that the only call that he'd not run that he yeah. had on him was his box call yeah and i mean so, the turkey was not even like he was heading right to left kind of angled away literally looked like he could care less about our calling yeah like i mean not goblin he was strutting but like he was just strutting in the open. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. towards us, even. Yep. And then, yeah, I was like, huh, I'm going to try my box call. And tell me that wasn't, like, just a total light switch. Like, it was. <laughs> it was. He answered it immediately, turned around, and I was like, huh. So I hit it again. He answered it again. And then he, there was, like, one tree between us and him, and he went kind of behind it. And I was like, can you see him? Y- y- y'all heard it on there, but can you see him? And you're like, no, can you? No, no. And then all of a sudden you hear me like, I see him. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. <laughs> Get your gun up. <laughs> yeah. So he walks behind that tree and where he comes out, he's down. He like stayed hill. right behind the tree all the way down the hill and then just like popped out next to it. Yeah. And he's coming across I'm going to call it the, a ditch because it's it's the drainage from the dam of the pond. Yeah. And it is a ditch. I mean, it's... Yeah. Well, Easily well, stepped across for a turkey, though. Or, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a tiny drainage. And there were... I can't even remember. Were there even puddles? I think the no, ground was damp, was but I don't dry. think there was any water in there at all. Yeah. And so he comes across that. Now, he's still in the meadow. He's not in the woods yet. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, he's going to come across this ditch and he's going to walk along the edge of the woods. Yeah, me too. Displaying where he can see in the woods, but still be seen. Yep. And no, he had completely different plans. No, definitely. He just kind of, instead of coming straight at us or coming down to the left and then hitting the tree line and coming right, which we expected, he's just in the woods all of a sudden with us. (laughs) Yeah. And headed for the high ground, angling yes. towards us, but going left and up. Yes. And and you were standing, not against a tree, just standing. And your gun was on like a limb coming out that had other tree. tree limbs going up. So you yeah. were like, <laughs> every time he would go further left, it was like, 
holy crap and you would have to like pull your gun in and move it around the limb and like it just was not uh, it, none of that part was ideal at that point no no it's one of those deals to where when it's over you think how did we not get busted oh uh, no there was one point where he like i thought he caught you yeah you know he stopped kind of went half strut poked his head up and i was like oh crap yeah. But he didn't. I, I think he saw some movement there, but it wasn't enough to trigger him to, like, stop coming. Because, I mean, he's he's hearing hens. He's expecting to see some movement, you know. That's but, right. But it, he definitely, I think, caught a whiff of something there towards the end. Yeah, he smelled a rat for sure. Yeah. But not enough of a rat to make him unmad or unin love. Yeah, he was still interested enough to keep his trajectory of going up the hill but slightly angling towards us while doing it yeah and i'd given him some jake yelps as well and so i think that just kind of added a little bit of fuel to the flame but cameron's right that bird is angling towards us coming from our right to our left but going uphill which really to me was plan b if i were a turkey take the high ground to where you have a good field of view yeah and it made yeah. sense. That's where he was the day before, too, was up there. Yeah. And so... He's obviously comfortable up there. Indeed. So here he's almost full-time and full strut. Oh, yeah. Pretty much and always. Every once in a while, come out and stick his head out and look around, then drop back full strut, drum, and he's walking towards us, but more uphill than towards us. And my fear is... He's going to continue left, continue left, continue left, and I'm going to be at a point where I'm just not going to have a shot, period. It got really thick about 50 yards from where he was headed. Yeah, yes. Like he was he was about to get in some stuff that would have made a shot almost impossible. Yes, and at one point, he stepped behind a log, and I just went ahead and pulled my gun up, and I thought, he's in range. And he stepped out from the log, full strut, turns and starts walking dead towards us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh-uh, I am waiting no longer. Really? Boom, <laughs> shoot. And he goes down and starts rolling down the hill. And it's one of those situations to where, is he rolling or is he trying to, you know, is, is he dead? Is he running or rolling? or rolling, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, there's wings flapping and tail feathers flying and i mean it's just it's a ruckus yeah and so we get over there as quick as we can and get on him and he's down i mean he he's just yeah he had taken a load of number nines to the head and that was it for him but man that was just a heck of a hunt we have no clue because we left that other hunter we have no clue maybe he killed one of the two turkeys that were seen in that area and I killed number two. Yeah. We, we have no know. idea. Or maybe I killed the bird that he was going to come after, but he was not there. The other hunter was not there that morning. And I am awfully thankful that <laughs> he either killed and left or decided, Hey, this area has too many hunters in it. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. These other guys are walking on me. I'm out. Yeah. But whatever it was, it, it panned out perfectly. And yeah. So I was Talk in this about the ideal morning right there. Yeah. We were in this state for two, well, it was probably two hours after daylight, after gobble time that I shot. And we had a bird down. 
And we yep. needed one more. So, and he was gobbling in the very far distance. <laughs> yes, he was. And that'll for about be a, two more hours. <laughs> that'll be a story for another day. Yeah. So epic morning, but yeah, yeah, that was awesome, man. That it was cool just seeing that light switch flip on that box call for whatever reason. That was his. That was his song he was looking for. It was. It was. And you know, it's just a good reminder that. You know, when we get out and we start running and gunning, we all have our go-to calls. Mm-hmm. I don't know any one. I've never turkey hunted with someone who hasn't said, yeah, this is my favorite call or this is one of my three favorite calls. So we have our go-to calls. But when those go-to calls are not working, we need to be running through every single call we have in our vest or we have in our, our diaphragm call case whatever the situation may be, because you don't know what's going to flip that switch. We may very well have killed that turkey running everything except Cameron's box. Yeah. But one thing I know that happened is he did die, and he got awfully fired up when Cameron started running that box call. Yep, and that's why it stays in the vest. It yeah. works every now and then. It's worth taking. So. Absolutely. Awesome Absolutely. hunt. Hard to relive that memory here in July, because now I'm freaking fired up. I'm I know. <laughs> hunting but <laughs> i got i got totally stoked when we started telling the story about your afternoon hunt oh, the morning gosh. or the, the afternoon before this morning but you talk about a solid 12 hours of, of life that was it man yeah <laughs> that afternoon yeah. followed by that morning on Woo! top of the world for yeah you, for that is hours. it that's about as good as it as good as it can get Mm-hmm. no doubt yeah. so we'll have to play those two hunts sometime soon since we're teasing everybody with her now yeah but for sure yeah so awesome that was that was a heck of a lot of fun i always enjoy myself when i'm in the woods with you and appreciate your friendship and you know yeah or just sharing time against trees with you in the future and doing more of that so yeah this past spring those were some fun trips we got to take a couple together for for once so that was awesome but I'm going to throw out the favor of the week this week. Do it. This is a favor for yourself, listeners. Mm-hmm. The favor of the week this week is get up and get moving. So yes. It may be July, but turkey season will be here in March and be here sooner than you think. There's no time like the present to get up, get active, and get moving. So get outside, go walking, go running, do some lunges, go to the gym, whatever it is. If you're sedentary all day, every day, time to get up and start moving. Yes. As Wayne Bailey put in his book, 60 Years Hunting the Wild Turkey, all else equal, the healthier hunter will kill more turkeys. And I can promise you that's a fact. So, favor of the week this week, get a little plan together. Try to be better than you were yesterday as far as physicality. And just do that over and over again. And next spring, when you top that mountain and you're not just totally winded, you're going to really thank yourself. Yes, indeed. Boom. Good favor of the week. I thought about our hunt in those two states while I was at the gym one day Mm -hmm. last week about to, you know, it's more prevalent as you get older, I believe. But we all have good days and bad days when we're exercising. There's days when you feel like you could exercise all day long, mm-hmm. and there's days when you feel like I should have quit 30 minutes ago before you ever got to the gym. But I had one of those days where I felt like I should have quit 
30 minutes ago last week and I thought <laughs> about those those two states and I said, you know, I, I this is why I'm at the gym. It's so I can be in shape for turkeys and I just need to imagine that the next step up this stair climber at the gym yep. is one more step up the mountain, getting me a little bit closer to that turkey that's gobbling at the top and that's I need it. to get there in a hurry. So that's it. If if you want to stay sedentary and at rest, then when you hear that boom a mile into the forest, that's that might be me. <laughs> it could have been you. <laughs> that is very true. Very yeah. true. Well, I have a, I have an, I, well, one more thing. I have an add on to the favor of the week. Add it. So I mentioned this last week and, and it's getting here in a hurry, but the Alabama state chapter is having two field days, one in Baldwin County, which is in South Alabama. And that is July the 29th. That will be here in a hurry. And so if you want more information on that, just go to Google and type in NWTF Alabama Chapter Field Day 2023, Baldwin County, something along those lines, and that should pop up. And there is a field day being held in northeast Alabama on August the 19th from 8.30 to 12 p.m., and that's actually in Steele, Alabama. And if you want more information on that, you can call Bud Foshi. His cell number is 205-586-0127. 586-0127. And I recommend that if you're within a few hours drive of either of those locations, that you go. It really will be worth your time. It'll be worth the money. You're going to be fed lunch. There's a small charge to attend but you're going to walk away with a wealth of information on how you can better manage your properties for wild turkeys. So come enjoy these events and learn something and have some lunch with some other turkey hunters and enjoy yourself. So that's favor of the week part two. So amen. Go let's wrap it. this thing up. What do you think? Wrap it up. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week. And we look forward to seeing you again in two weeks. Goodbye. Sayonara. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.